All right, listen, everybody. This week's shark attack is kind of a serious one. I know there's a lot of bad vibes surrounding the Raiders this week. People want to leave. People, you know, players' wives going on Instagram saying stuff. Uh, I think we tend to forget that these players are also human beings. We treat sports people like cattle a lot of times, and I think we need to stop with that mentality right now. Me, Blake, and Pork we went to the um, went to the reserve grade game this weekend, and we were sitting in the player section at. Raiders Belconnen, and you see them, you know, just palling around with each other and their kids running around, and you you forget that they're also human beings with real problems and families, so uh, I think it's time to take our foot off their throats a little bit, and I'm going to make a vow right now, if I see one more nerd on Twitter and Facebook, or any of the dorks on the greenhouse, I don't care how dubious your support, I'm going to show up at your house, I'm going to beat the piss out of you. It's not a threat, it's a promise. So I just want I wish we just want to show a little bit more compassion. And if we don't, I'm going to beat you to death probably. So yeah, okay. That's all I'm saying. Peace, love, and understanding, or you're going to get the living piss beaten out of you. Thank you. Good night. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. It's Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Canberra Raiders podcast coming to you from the filthiest store in buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? Never at all. And brought to you with the uh, support, dubious support of the Greenhouse. Is it still dubious or are they... I don't know. I'd say it's fairly dubious. <laughs> they didn't even know they were supporting us until such point as we told them. Yes. So. Well, you just it was it was self with the self appointed support. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm part, you. Of the, part of the forum. Therefore, yeah. you know. Anyway, get online. It's good fun. Greenhouse forum. Yeah, it's get been great lately. <laughs> it's really, really good. Get online and burn the house down with the other people in the forum. Burn it down. And um, if you just say nasty things about players on on social media, just don't tag them, okay? Yeah, please don't tag them. There's no please. That really doesn't help. And we're also brought to you with the cash money sponsorship of Landspeed Records. Come in and buy your LPs, your CDs, your T-shirts, your posters, your clothing. Just shoulders John Sharkey album before. Yeah, is that you did? Yes, to John Sharkey. Yeah, <laughs> rang a little bell. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was probably a listener of the show. I don't know, but we did. We sold. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good now. album. Yeah, I no, mean, it's what, he, what he lacks in hair, he makes up for in you know actually musical talent. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, come in and buy your stuff from people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And I got to tell you, if you're listening to this podcast. You are a genuine lover. You're a deep. You bleed green for the Canberra Raiders. Well, and that's a good thing. Now, just before we start this podcast, I wanted to make a community service announcement in the fact that if you are feeling low about what's going on at the present moment and, and need to talk to someone, you can always turn to Lifeline. Their number is 131114. You can get online and talk things out with people. Talk things out. Because I know a lot of us need to talk things out at the moment. Because as Blake and I have been discussing, you know, I think, you know, the way things are going... Um, it's important that we all understand the five stages of grief, isn't it, Blake? Yeah. Well, look, we've had fun. We've had it. We've had a great ride the last couple of years. So, and- as you can hear, Blake is already through to acceptance, <laughs> right? So, the first one is denial, and of course, the first thing is no. Everything is not turning to crap. It's all immediate beat up. I mean, I've never even seen Danny Widler in Canberra. So, how would you know what happens at training? You know, all those players are absolutely happy. So it's rubbish. And then you go to anger. How can this be happening? 
How can this be happening? Why me? Yeah. Lord, why me? And then Haven't bargaining. we suffered enough? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And then bargaining. You know, maybe if we do this, we can we can fix it all. Um, then the depression, which is the stage I am presently in. And then acceptance, which Blake's gone to. So, Blake, tell us all about how your acceptance is going. Well, you know, we dared to dream. We've had joy. We've had fun. We, had a, we had a couple of seasons in the sun. And, yeah. and maybe we're just returning back to the, the, the Canberra that we've sort of known and stuck by for the last 20 years. But the last couple of years, you know, few of us would have dared to have dreamed that we'd reach the dizzying heights that we did. And I mean, think back of those magic moments. They were magic, weren't they? The, the, the victory over Souths in Didn't the prelim. Didn't we almost have it all? Yeah, that victory <laughs> against Souths, you know. They can't take that away from us, Tim. No, they can't. No, they can't. The magic night in Melbourne. I wish I was there. Yeah, in years to come, we'll all say that we were there. No, that I night wasn't there. I was receiving messages for people who were there. No, I know. I'll always thank you for that. It was wonderful. Um, but I was there for certain things, and, and it was good. Um, but, you know, I, I, I still hope, you know, I still want to go back to denial, you know, and say, you know, it's not over. You know, the best thing to fix a malaise, the best thing to fix stuff where everything seems to be going pear-shaped is a win. Two freaking points. God, we need a win. We need a win. But you know, we've been saying that for the last four or five weeks. We oh, this, have. this, we can't afford to lose the game. Well, this game, we definitely cannot afford to lose. No, this, this one I, has I, to be a win. Against the Knights who find themselves in exactly the same yeah, exactly position. Yeah, three, three wins, five losses, one win out of the last five. Yeah. Went into the season with expecting to do better than that, but yeah. probably not expecting to do quite as well as we were expected to do. Yeah. I mean, people were taking us seriously for a couple of years there. Yeah, no, no, people actually did take us seriously and actually see us. We you weren't know, just were a joke. about us. They were coming and preparing for us rather than vice versa. But, you know, now it's sort of like, yeah. <sighs> Their biggest concern about coming to Canberra wasn't just the cold. No, no, it was probably the food being served up at GIA Stadium. That's um, not that bad. Look, I actually had a chicken schnitzel burger the other day that was actually passable. It was adequate. Matt Russell and I had a discussion about its adequacy. Speaking of food... We had, and we can touch on this a bit later, we mm. had an excellent uh, steak sandwich on the weekend, though. We did have an excellent steak sandwich. It took me back to the days of Seaford Oval, that steak it sandwich. It did. So we went out, myself and Blake and the Shark went out, and we watched the Raiders Reserve on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday afternoon um, at West Belconnen. West Belconnen, and that was a fun day out for the whole family. It was good. It was good, and we were there, and they'd run out of sausage sandwiches, so they'd said they'd do the steak sandwiches for me, and I was dubious about it. And this lovely man dished it out, you know, and I was thinking, oh, you know, this is food poisoning territory and it was sensational no no it was never in doubt never in doubt. I it was completely in doubt with me but it was actually sensational a, there's one more game I think later in the season at, at West Belcon if you get a chance you get, out, get there. out there take the kiddies the boys me and Chucky's boys yeah. had a uh, had a kick around at half time and it was it just reminded me of, of my childhood yeah it was and fun. the good old days and gee up close and personal to a game like that it was pretty intense man yeah, it was the good. hits Oh, you could hear the bone on bone slapping, couldn't you? It was good. It was good, but that that was fun to watch. And and young Sam Williams, and some people said he had a bit of a dad bod on him. Well, fair enough, he does. No, he had a good game. He played pretty well. See, one of the reasons I wanted to go to the game was to sort of see who was the next crop, who was ready to step up Mm -hmm. from reserves. And it's a young man by the name of Sammy Williams. Yeah, and and I saw three, three young contenders. Yep. Sam Williams, C.S. Yeah. Oliola, and, and Dinamis Louis. Dinamis Louis, yeah. Uh, no, I, I'd heard about Dinamis yeah. Louis before. He was well, very, he, really he did this great one on one strip as well. But to be honest with you, in terms of the youth, yeah, the, the, the prospects 
didn't look that good. I thought Matt Tomoko looked good, but he they had knew, a very mixed game. But and he look, dropped they a few knew balls. It, yeah, but they knew it was him, and every time that came, they knew he was the person they had to look at, and they went at him. And Dane Gagai's brother, oh my god, yeah, it, 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 I, I, they I, looks I, in the great words of Rex, Rex Mossop. They look so alike, they could be brothers. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. No, it, he was, was, he was, was quite here. amazing. The only really young player that actually stood out um, as one to watch for the future is Harry Rushton. He was yeah, really Harry Rushton was pretty he good. Was really, and was, for an 18-year-old... It was nice. And, and, and it got a really real did wipe away the idea that... Um, and look, anyone who's listening to this show has done for a realise knows that I'm a zealot of Josh Hodgson. I, he turned up at the club... And I instantly took a like to him. And then I watched him play and I took more of a like to him. But it's not just because he's been a good player. It's because he's a good bloke. Him and his missus um, and his kids are just delightful. I like, And I've loved having them at the club. And, you know, maybe I look at Josh through rose glasses, rose-coloured glasses in the sense that I can see him do no wrong. And when other people have been criticising him, it's, it's just not going to be me. It's never going to be me. But that's the way I view him. He's been just so great for our club. And... I'm really saddened to see him step down from the captaincy because I think that's a role he filled really well. He's a great man. He's a lovely man. He's we an were call- man. We were calling for him to be made co-captain yeah. a couple of years ago. And, and and when it happened, we thought this is exactly what we need. I still think it is. And um, there's been all sorts of rumours coming out from the Jackals and the Vultures going above the club now because we're now Flavour of the Week to attack on like West Tigers were not so long ago that everything's falling shit and he's going to go. He said he's committed to the club for the rest of the season. Look, I don't know what, but I just want to make sure that people do know that whatever Hodge does, and I hope to God he stays and everything works and that ships rights up, he has my unqualified support. Like, I'm on his side. Georgie Williams coming out saying he was homesick. Well, he's a young man. He's miles away. There's a kid under the way. You can sort of understand that. Um, I'm hoping we make it so he's not that homesick. And COVID's made that even more difficult for, you know, getting family and stuff out here at the moment. And then, of course, there's the unhappiness coming around Joe Tarpanay and the situation at the club around that. These are all, I don't know, steaming piles of shit, wouldn't you not? Yeah, it's not good. George Williams, I mean, I'm sure he's homesick. His partner's expecting a child. But at the same time as well, it's a bit like the John Bateman one. I'd say he's gotten a, a call from a couple of clubs in the UK, come back, Here's some big money on the table to come home. And he's thinking, well, I am actually missing my family and my partner's about to have a kid. Mm. Because there are a couple of factors. I've in, met both couple, of those two guys and they're, they're really nice. There's a couple of factors in play with the George Williams and the, and the Super League mm. uh, halfback situation. Mm. So when he left, right, he was one of one of the two marquee players at Wigan. I think John Bateman's now the other one. Um, and the marquee players can be paid above the salary above and beyond the salary cap and only a certain portion counts towards the salary cap because the salary cap in the UK is much, much smaller than it is it is here now. Uh, so when he left, that marquee position was taken by Jackson Hastings who had excelled at Salford and then moved to Wigan which is like a big step up. You know, Wigan's like the, yeah. the glamour club. He's now coming back to the West Tigers. He is. So there's a number seven spot up at Wigan. So I immediately assumed that Wigan have got in his ear and asked him to come back. Oh, look, which I think is is a definite possibility. But then I've actually heard tossed up that Warrington have also given him a call. And the thing with Warrington is their marquee halfback, who's on big, big bucks, I think 900,000 a year is what I've seen reported, is Gareth Widdop. Um, and he's desperate to return to Australia. And he said this this year is definitely his last year. So I think I think George Williams is is done. I think he'll stick around till the end of the year. 
Uh, but I well, he's, he's actually gone. contracted to the end of next, next year, year, so it's not an option; it's contracted. So we'd see how that. Yeah, works but it's out, a, but... A, a, a contract, as we know, isn't worth that much these days. And and there's no point in having anyone contracted or not hanging around somewhere, you know, where they don't want to be. If a player doesn't want to be somewhere, yeah, you, you don't want to. You know, the, the the league cliche is hanging around kicking stones. Well, you don't want it, and that's what they do. There's this whole theory that Nathan Brown's put forward that you can't actually do a good deal anymore because if you sign a player, and I think this is what's happened with George Williams too, and also happened with um, John Bateman, he signed about 400k, which in the current market for a halfback seems very, very low. Mm. I mean, he's less worth less than half of one Chad Townsend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's obviously wrong. Well, hopefully the um, hopefully the uh, Raiders management are very much on top of that and doing everything they can to. Make I think George you can. I think you can try and do everything you can, and we can, you know. Well, well my well, hope in that is it literally up. is give me some more money, and it will all be sorted with that. Yeah. Well, that's a possibility. Or, and, or, and I think or we is... can we can have put some more mushy peas on the uh, menu at at Braden. Yeah maybe. yeah, maybe we can do that. But, but I think once know, once this talk starts, we've learnt from the John Bateman thing. You know, like I said, this the stages of grief for this one was when it was first reported by Danny Wildler. I was like, well, Danny Wildler, it's coming from him. You know, he has zero credibility. I'll just pretend it's not happening. But we've just learnt, man. We've been burnt by the Bateman ones and all these ones recently. And and where there's smoke, there's fire. And I I think this is inevitably going one way. And if it does go that way, I don't know. Is it the biggest disaster that we lose him? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We need an organising half. And the problem is when we sign him, he's not really an organising half. He's a running half in the same way that Jack Whiten's a running half. And the th- my theory at the time was we'd be okay because Josh Hodgson would be the organiser. So we could operate with two running halves. We didn't need an organising seven. Well, that looks to be out the window as well. And the other thing I'll say about um, George Williams as well, watching all the highlights of him before he came over here, he did all his best work on the left-hand side of the field, which is where Jack Whiten operates exclusively, or virtually exclusively. Oh, and the amount of times I've seen him skipping through on the on the left-hand yeah. as well. And or he, he goes out and he comes, he steps back in. You know, he's yeah, not, yeah. I don't think he's ever been that good at actually passing uh, left to right anyway, so... Yeah, I don't want to lose him. I don't want to lose any of those players. What I want, and this is my dream, this is where I'm still, you know, possibly still in denial, is I want to win this match against the Knights. I want to win then against the Bulldogs. I want to get all our players back on deck for the return match to the Storm and beat them. And all of a sudden, all this talk be out the window and the team refocused and back on on balance and, and things getting together. And I genuinely believe two points this weekend can start us on that track followed by another two points, can really get us down that track because I think the best way to get discontent, disharmony out of the way, is with the good chanting of the team song after a win and things, success breeds success. And what the club needs to do is to get back to that focus on each match, win a match, and then things will start getting better. It'll get better as the victories start coming in. But I don't think it's all broken. I think in the South's loss... Um, oh, the effort was there. I, I thought the effort was definitely there. I thought there were still questions about the rotations. I think everyone oh, said that. disaster. I've been I think, saying that for weeks. I think that's still there. Um, the penalties at 8-1. Now, people will come back and say, yeah, but two of those were penalties against obstruction tries, which were rightly called, in my opinion. Now, was Benji milking in that one? Absolutely was, yeah. but he was able to because Emre was there in the line. So it was a correct decision. Line. Yeah, it sucks. And while, while CHN tried to disappear into the ground 
on the second one, he was there. So both yeah. rulings were correct. So I don't have a problem with those. I don't have a problem with any of the penalties that South's got. No, that is well, not if you're my gonna, problem if you're with If you're going to push over the guy playing the ball twice... What I've got a, yeah, that's right. What I've got a problem with, and what I think really does affect, and what people haven't been discussing it, is what we didn't get. What we didn't get in that match was really quite um, striking. So we got Bailey Simonson early in the match, sin, uh, put on, on a report, report. and penalised for a lifting tackle. Now, I saw that, and it was just a lifting tackle. Oh. It was the lowest end of a lifting tackle I've ever seen. But it That was, was right in front of me. It was technically look, correct. You saw it. It was technically correct. Yeah, but that was as much uh, a case of... Um, Cody Walker. Threw himself into the ground. But yeah. it technically was correct. The problem was, it was also the lifting tackles on Raiders players that happened in the 11th minute, the 28th minute... They were minute, worse. And the 50th minute... They were, were worse. worse or at least as bad. None of them were penalised and none of them were put on report. Now, you give us one and you look at when the Souths were scoring their tries... You give us a penalty there, put us down the other end of the field, maybe we are. And the other one was, in the 72, 72nd minute, and it has not made press anywhere, the high shot by Tom Burgess on Jack Whiten yeah. was completely, in this era of concussion and stuff, it was not put on report. It wasn't, no one showed anything. Now, give us four penalties at those particular times, and maybe that is two points. And that's the thing, and that's the argument Ricky's making in there. People are coming back and talking about the this large trials. Now, bugger that. It's like one side's getting penalised for something and the other side isn't. So, you know, that's that grinds my gears. The, the, like, other, thing, the other thing that, you know, a lot of the talk was about was um, the six again calls and saying, well, Canberra shouldn't complain about the 8-1 penalty count because yeah, the they got six again calls 7-0. to zero. But that was all bringing it out from our own end and where they deliberately... Uh, it's, it was always going to happen, man. They bring I, in these new rules. I talked to one of the first grade officials uh, in recent weeks, and I'm not going to name names because, you know, that's not what you do. They are not allowed to blow penalties for incidents in the first tackles, in the, in the zero coming back and the one. They're not allowed. It's all got to be six again. Now, there is a more useless time for a six again call than on zero tackle. Yeah, of course. I know it not. They should be. But they're actually not allowed to call it. And they've actually taken that. The referees have taken it the board saying, this is clearly being exploited, yeah. people. And anybody it, not doing is out of their mind. Of course you give away six again was, on the zero tackle. It was Because always, you get your line straight. Exactly. And then so it doesn't matter. So those six again calls mean absolutely nothing. They just mean that Souths were playing the rules really, really well and giving away six again when it didn't matter at all. It's like the Melbourne Storm thing, you know. You can, you can, as soon as you change a rule, they'll just find a new way to get around it. And the six again thing, it's yeah, yeah. But that that was that was crap. The rotations were there. Williams getting injured just before the match really didn't help things. Um, but no. I thought Elliot stood into five eight quite well, and I thought I didn't think that was the the reason. Jack did a good job too, I think. Yeah, look, he the effort of the entire side was not wanting at all. Um. But uh, very strangely, we're going to go into a segment we usually do later in the match, which is, who's got a lift? Who? Who? That's just pathetic. <laughs> I forgot. You've got a lift with your harmonite. You didn't forget. You just don't want to do it. You just want to stand there and be, oh, I'm Mr. Fucking Cool Blake, is what you want to do. But it's not. The harmony, That's it used to be about the music, man. CHN, he's got a lift. Yeah. The dumb penalties. The dumb penalties, Blake. They were absolute killers. And I mean, I think that, you know, we look back, we were just discussing before the, the dodgy lifting tackle call. That was a set where we had them on, the, you know, the back mm. foot. Mm. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure they went on and scored mm, off did. the back of that penalty. They absolutely did. And I, I'm pretty sure they might have scored off a couple of the, the Corey's dumb yeah. penalties as yeah, well. They did. Yeah, and it was just like just, and to do to like to push over the guy playing the ball once, you know, is bad. Yeah. But twice, twice it's inexcusable. Inexcusable. He's shown touches and signs that you know he's 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 a good option. Mm. Yeah, but we but, need more. We need more. Yeah, yeah and no, we need him. Yeah, to make his tackles and not give away dumb penalties. Yeah, and maybe take a few more dirty carries as well. Yeah, put his hand up because sometimes I think he goes missing a bit out out wide. And I will say this: the dirty carries because we were quite harsh on Bailey Simonson. His intent in the match, yes, he stuffed up in the fence quite a few times, but his intent carrying the ball out was the best I've seen for quite a while from him. Okay, who's going to lift Bailey Simonson? When was the last time you saw a winger? get swapped sides because he was getting such an absolute bloody bath. Yeah. That yeah. was not good. The yeah. ease with which... And I know this comes about through, you know, having your, your, your middle worn out and too many players getting dragged in. Mm. But the ease with which um, Souths were able to score a couple of tries yeah. by just going wide... Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was frightening. It kind of... I have We haven't really seen that from the Raiders in recent years. That's something you used to see. Yeah. I remember sort of... Yeah, they were too the, easy. They, back they, in the they, day, they Edric Lee would be... We caught with like, with like one on oh, three. I'll go back to Brett Kelly would be the one where I've got... Yeah. You always slag me off for getting into... Um, yeah, you like to, you like to buddy, kick the poor guys when they're down. He really wasn't a good winger. Come on. Um, good bloke. Uh, perhaps I'd never met him, but um, yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. Now... Um, yeah, no, it was hard. This this week we we come up against um, we come up against the Knights. They're also in a bad position. We've already been through there. Um, but you look at their team; it doesn't look that flash. But then I had a look at who's actually out for them. Mm. It's Mitchell Pierce is the only is the only. Actual... Well, they've just lost. Oh um, no, Black, Black Green, Green as well. Black Green's well. dropped out as well. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, look, I want to. Um, yeah, we want to actually get to our fan of the week this week and, it, oh, okay. and, and, it's, and it's a real beauty you know like um, the Blake and the Pork fan of the week and Blake take it away well we've got a very special really listener special dedicated uh, it's a young lady she lives in apparently she lives in Miami Miami in the US and she looks she's got quite a different look so her usual yeah Blake and the Pork yeah, yeah um, fan or sort of you know she gave us some feedback on SoundCloud didn't she yeah so well she actually she was on SoundCloud she reposted um our most recent episode on SoundCloud. Yep. To, Fantastic. To her, Great she, episode. I think we can all yeah, agree. It was one of the top rating ones ever. She reposted it to her five or six followers, however many she's got. And then she sent us a message and she, she said, did. she said, great music. Which it is, obviously. <laughs> I, don't, I, I assume she's talking about my singing. Well, I don't know. Was it the jingles or was Dennis? I'm not sure. But uh, she said, she said, great music and I can definitely help promote it. Oh, so, th- so thanks, Diana. So we, we're going to have our people going to talk to her people. And, they are. The American audience, it's, 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 it's taking off. So we're sending the shark off there. He's actually en route right now to Miami, Dade <laughs> County, and he's going to be talking to Sienna about how we can take this further and, you know, step Blake and the pork even further up. So that, that, that's that's very good news there. Um, but we want to talk about, uh, from the South match, the Blake and the pork uh, man of the match, $20 land speed voucher. Is it... Is it or- did it used to be ten dollars, and it's up to twenty? And you I upped said, it to twenty. Oh, no, it's I, back to ten. It's, it's back, back to 10. ten. All right, it's back to ten. Has anyone $10. actually come and got one yet? No, no. They're 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 piling up. They're one piling day up. someone's <laughs> someone's going to turn up and claim on these things, and you're going to go out the back door bro- broke. Um, but we've got Jordan Rapper. 
Yeah, we got Luke. Jordan Rapiner. In, in yeah, this. there were a few. There were a few players. I think from the Souths game, you could have given it to. Tommy Elliot, Starling, yeah. Elliot Whitehead. I mean, fantastic effort. Jack Whiten had a real red hot go. Jack Whiten, I think, was great. Yeah, and and did I say Tom Starling? Did I say him? Yeah, those were the ones. Starling. But I think Rapper, because he's really under the pump. Like he's really under the pump. Really talking about him. He's old. He's, he's slow and stuff. But you know what? Even when things aren't going right, he's given a hundred percent. Oh, exactly. He's stepping up to kick goals. You know, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see he was taking the kickoffs though yeah. in that game? Oh, um, yeah, I did. Um, forward. Yeah. Um, forgotten. CHN. CHN. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. And they weren't bad, were they? <laughs> it, was, it was bizarre. So that's obviously yeah. one area where he doesn't have to lift on there. Um, so we're up against the Knights. The Knights are in all sorts of shite as well, um, having come in. But they with... do have, you know, they do have some players there. Hang on, hang on. What? They've got players. Oh, they've got good players. I mean, Safidi in the front row, Braley at hooker and Clemmer. That's a great front row. We've got Mitch Barnett in the second row, who, ex-Canberra, he's really good. Tyson Frizzell, he ain't no slouch. Now, I don't know a lot, and I've seen Connor Watson. Oh, Connor Watson's not bad. He was but at the Roosters. He's been at Knights for quite a while. Not a bad player. But he's, 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 he's the tough. So he's that, tough. That's pretty good. He and but, Kurt Mann are both not that big, but they're tough. But they've Phoenix got Crossland. young Phoenix Crossland at number seven. He's yeah. got eight career games. He's 86 kilos. Uh, Phoenix could... Crossland is the most... Well, you know how there's some just very sort of New Zealand, and I don't mean Maori names, but very sort of Anglo-New Zealand names? Phoenix Crossland, that's a very New Zealand. You think? Yeah. I, would, I didn't think that at all. Yeah. I Whereas I would have thought it with Kurt Mann, who's in the number six jersey, who is a pretty damn good player and tore us apart last time he was tough with as, us. Tough as anything, those guys. Then we've got Bradman Best in He's, the centres. I fear Bradman Best. But oh, and so you should. Then you've got Anari Tawala. Now, if Bradman Best in previous games was up against Jared, mm. does that mean we have Seb Chris? Yeah, he's marking? up against Seb Chris, yeah. Well, that's that's more of a that's more of an even. It's going to be an interesting thing. That's more of an even. That's yeah. it's not such a case of sort of two boxes in different weight classes. Yeah, that'll well, be that'll be one we got, to watch. We got Tawala who's up against Curtis Scott, so that'll be interesting. Then we got on one wing we got Braden Musgrove for them. He's only done three games. On the other wing we got Heimel Hunt. He's got 109 games. He's been handy against the four. And of course at the back we got Kalen Ponga. Now I don't care. Remember this time last year. Kalen Ponga tore us apart yeah, at yeah. Campbelltown. He's Kalen Ponga is the player that over the last couple of years I've sort of thought to myself, That's gee, right. oh, gee, um, Kalen Ponga's overrated. No. And then and then you watch the game and you go, oh no, 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 yeah, it's the hype's real. And I, look, I've, I've uh, until up until the start of last year, I sort of was of the view that Nathan Cleary was a bit overrated as well. So no, he's really no. not. I've <laughs> never been of the view that Nathan Cleary was overrated. Uh, we got Jesse Sue. Um, also known as Suazo Sue, sitting um, in the yeah, he, 14 jersey. is known as Suazo Sue. Also known as Jesse Sue. Used to be known as Jesse Sue. Been following him since the 2012 Under-20s Grand Final where he was playing for the West Tigers up against us and he was positively known and introduced as Jesse Sue. So he might don't, be Suazo Sue. But... Don't call him Jesse. All right. Don't okay. call Joey BJ. All right, then. Then we've got Jake, Jacob Saifidi. Then we've got uh, Brody Jones. And then making up the the bench is uh, Saulo, who I don't know too much about, but has played 15 games. Comes from the Maitland Pickers. Um, and, then, and then for the Raiders, we've got Gula, Starling, and Papali making up the front row. Whitehead and Harawira, Hadawira Nida in the second row. Ryan Sutton locking the scrum. George Williams back um, at halfback with Jack Whiten. 
Curtis Scott, Sebastian Chris in the centres. Rappin a one wing, Simonson on the other. And from what I can see here, it looks like they've gone back to Simonson being back on the right wing and Rappin being on the left. Yeah. Um, I'd personally like to see that flip over because I'd like to see Rappin on his favoured right wing. Yeah. But that's my view. We've got Caleb Aikens at the back. Then on the bench, we've got Saliva Havili. We've got Hudson Young, Corey Horsburgh, and Joe Tarpane. Now, let's get to the section everyone loves. The extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? <laughs> I can see why that's making an, making an impression in Miami. Yeah, oh, you can. <laughs> you can. It, it's, it's, the, be, it's the new it's sound. Be, it's going to be big in the clubs. Yeah, yeah. So, for the Raiders, we've got Sammy Williams. Then we've got uh, Ryan James, who's dropped out of the squad this week. Then you've got Matt Tomoko. And then Dinamis Louie. So, basically, three of the players we thought were the best ones... Um, for... Well, there was no one else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no one else. That but was, this is this, the interesting this is, this thing is, is thing there's about... no Ciasoliola in that. Yeah. Well, he was good. This is the thing about. But there's my... no Ciasoliola on the extended bench or on the bench. He's not there. About my fact-finding mission from West Belconnen last week. Mm. We can't drop Curtis Scott as much as people like myself have called for Curtis Scott to be dropped, or very sadly, um, Jared Croker to be dropped. There's no one there that you can actually put in their place. Well, there's I, no, I think Matt no Tomoko's one... there. I think Harley Smith Shield. Well, Harley Smith's doing his thing. bicep was bad, but I don't He's think gone. we should see him back this, this no. year. Have you seen? I it's saw a photo a... of his, his like his body. It's just bionic. Some... Yeah. sort of steel in his arm where it's it's, it's horrific no, it's he's not just not back. an injury you want to risk in no. this year if he ca- if he comes back it's so next year you don't want no to rush one, him he's there's the no future. one to step there's no one to step in and then on the extended the reasons- we've got to finish the extended bench for them we've got Lachlan Fitzgibbons 93 game vet standing there we've got Stafford Toa who's a big unit fast as hell hell somehow on the extended bench seen him score a good try we've got Josh King 81 games for that prop at 105 kilos and then we've got the fantastic Tex Hoy you know what? I, I, I'm going to have to give the extended bench to Newcastle Knights on this one. Where's Edric? Who knows? Who knows where Edric is? Who knows? Do you where know Edric's off contract? Where's Sia? Do you know off contract? Do you know who else is off contract? No. Renko Lee. Is that right? Do you know what I'd like to see next year? The Lee cousins you'd like return. To, you'd like to see. You'd like to see Reynolds from south sydney come down to be in our seven jumper no, i would like to if see george williams left i would like to see you'd the, like to see the bank thrown it i can't I would, believe you would say something like that blake i don't think reynolds would be adam any, reynolds I'd, is an organizing halfback in I green think, i don't think there's any chance i think we would be, i actually looked at the off contract halves and i'll get to it in a second just let me talk this bit through mm. i'd like to see the lee brothers come back they would instantly solve our outside back crisis well, they'd certainly put one in place, I would argue. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I went to the game, the reserve grade game, yep. hoping, because he was named in the side, yep. to see Semi Valame. Yeah. And thinking if he came back and he returned from injury and he had a good game, yep. Bailey Simonson, incredibly lucky to keep his spot in the side well, this week. Incredibly Semi was lucky. there, but he didn't play, and he's not very far off. Yes, but if he had been fit and played last week reserves and got through okay, yeah. I reckon he would have been in the side this week. I reckon Matt, yeah. I and reckon I think it's almost it. at the point now where we've got to... I've had my doubts about Semi, but I think he has a lot of more positives than negatives. And look, he's already done the hard yards. He's played. He's got finals experience. Mm. I would like, Once he's back, I would like to see him put in the side you know, and we just stick with him. Mm. Stick with him. Because there's going to be some teething problems. I completely be, agree. But look. You, look at, you look at all the... Look at Ravalawa. Yeah. You know, we let him go because, in theory, he couldn't defend or... 
He's improved. He has improved. Dragon's stuck with him. He's improved. Yeah, and look how well they're going. It's fantastic. Um, look, we did try and reach out to um, Ricky Stewart uh, midweek well, this, to this, come on and comment. Yeah, um, there's and, been a lot of... And you had some success? Well, a lot of the other podcasts I've noticed lately have been securing some pretty high-profile guests. They have. You know, so... And there's been pressure on Blake and the Paul Well, to people have been that. saying when, you know, uh, Green Machine Podcast had Brett White the other week. Yeah. You know, um, Raider Nick, he's got someone on pretty much every week. He some does. sort of player. Every week. So, yeah, so I went out and I tried to get Ricky. Because um, I thought, yep. well, you know, let's go straight to the top. Let's go straight to the top. Um, we'll go straight to the big man and find out what's going on. Mm. I tried to get Ricky. I didn't quite get him. No, who'd you get? Got his brother. All oh, right, let's see how that goes. <coughs> yeah, this is a, uh, this is Danny Stewart. Um... Uh, Half brother of uh, Canberra Raiders coach Ricky Stewart, and uh, I've uh, got a bit of a bone to pick with uh, you two leaded hosts. Um, uh, Blake, when are you going to give us a wrap, mate? Um, you're always hopping into us, always putting the sleeper in. Uh, if you think you can do a better job than me, mate, why don't you uh, step in the press conference after a bad loss, mate? Uh, you can go in there and answer all those questions. You can talk to the boys at halftime, mate. Uh, as soon as uh, you think you know it all, and uh, uh, you have all the answers. So, a uh, bit of positivity wouldn't go astray, mate. And uh, as for the other pelican you got in there, uh, <coughs> no, uh, Timmy, uh, Tommy Gore, whatever his name is, um, well, there's a reason he uh, doesn't get invited to the club functions, mate. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Well, I think there's plenty of that for all of us. I think that's just absolutely fantastic. And now Lord Funkington obviously also has some opinions for us. Canberra Raiders round nine and it's the Newcastle Knights and Jesus if you thought Canberra had problems have a look at our opponents this weekend no idea don't play for the coach all play for themselves strawberry milkshakes all around Raiders are going to win this by 56 but I have a more important message this week folks yes things have been bad yes results have gone bad yes it's making me pull my hair out when Rick's not making rotations off the bench especially through the forwards but if you're one of those dickhead lowlives abusing players on social media fuck off Canberra Raiders don't need you. The Australian Capital Territory doesn't need you. You're a joke. Stay away from the players. Support the good times. Be there in the bad times. But fuck off on your social media rubbish. People, there are reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. And you know what the major reason to be cheerful is, Blake? Just a game of football. That's it. You know. You can say that. You can say that, but when when you know we, I've sort of touched on it before, but those last couple of years, when we were a side that players wanted to join, didn't have this internal division. Yeah, didn't we almost harmony. have it all? Didn't we? The almost sun have just it all? shone a little bit brighter. It did, it did, and it was lovely, and it was there, and at least we got to touch it. I mean, exactly, we're a bit like Leicester City. The only difference is Leicester City won something. Yeah, they actually won the Premier League, and they're going to be in Europe again next year. Yeah, well, we made, but. You know, we dared to dream and, and it happened and we should just be grateful. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Look, I, look, at some place, I, I don't um, I don't think... Reasons to be cheerful. Yep. We haven't been entirely crap for the last 20 years. That's true. Briefly. Yep. Sort of 2016 and then 2019, mm. 2020. Yeah, that's right. We were good. Mm. Mm. Yeah. We were yeah. Good. So I'm pretty cheerful about that. No, it's good. Look, we've seen preliminary finals, which is something we hadn't seen for a long, long time. We saw a grand final. We were in a grand final. We went to a grand final. We did. We were actually there. We lost. 
I had a horrendous trip back with a car full of Croatians driving me through uh, Belangolo State Forest, <laughs> reminding me that Ivan Malat was Croatian as well, and laughing about it and thinking it was really funny. I, I didn't find it very funny. You, you, you found were, it quite funny, though, didn't you, you Blake? You were sort of sweating nervously. I was sweating nervously. <laughs> I was, I was sweating. And now, I've already told you what grinds my gears. What was it? It's the penalties. The, oh, not, yeah. the penalties we didn't get. Are we going to do Ask Clown? Oh, yeah, we're going to do Ask Clown of the Week! <laughs> okay. Ask Clown of the Week. Mm-hmm. For me, he's been Ask Clown of the Week before and he's he's back again. Yep. And have you seen who the video ref is for this game? I have not. Against Newcastle. It's Henry Perinara. It's Henry Perinara. So the Ask Clown of the Week is whoever is probably Jared Maxwell appointing the video refs? No, it's just Henry Perinara. I mean, that that call on um, Simonson, the... the on report. Yeah. How long do you think that took the match review committee? I to, don't think it throw? even made it to them. I don't think it even made it to them. When I saw before that Souths game that the we had Jared... Um, oh, the, and the fact that he didn't call up any of the other plays, like especially the head high tackle. Yeah. When I saw that we had Ben Cummins and Henry Paranara yeah. as, uh, as the officiating duo, I just knew we were going to get screwed. Yeah. And sure enough, it happened. Look, look, there was Peter Goffs there, and um, and we got Adam G this weekend. Of the new crop coming through, Peter Goff and Adam G are fantastic. They are really, really good. I really like... Henry Perinara, though, terrible ref. And terrible video ref. And I'm not just referring to us, to us specifically. He's, he's absolutely terrible. such a nice guy, and he's so good looking. Who cares, man? I know, Who I know, cares? I know, I know. But he's, he's Who just... cares? I mean, I know we should be nice about him because he's been medically retired. And he's got the heart condition and everything else. It's a really it, nice it, guy. It, 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 the heart condition probably allowed him to step down as a full-time I, referee. I did talk to um, Matt Checken the other day about um, uh, where he was when he was sick and uh, why he couldn't referee the match that Harry Perinara is was in and he said did you talk to him on Facebook no no I talked to him in, in person because you are friends with Matt Chechen on, on Facebook I am do you know how I know that how because he's popped up as a as a, as a friend suggestion to me I like Matt that. Matt Chechen Tim Gorin is a mutual friend and then is is he still he works for like um oh, the, what's what's the name boy you hire like you know building equipment yeah um, not Kennards, it's... Um... Kennards, he works for Kennards. I thought it was Coates. He one works for one of them. I think he works for Kennards. Uh, he's, um, and, and this is the odd thing about me getting along with Matt Checken and vice versa. Every time he has been in charge of a match with my Raiders that's been a big match, we have lost. Like, that's been a really important match. The yeah. 2016 semi, he's lost, and some of the decisions were there. Sent Jack to the bin. Yeah, but the, 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 and that was another match, indeed. But the thing is that... Um, I think he's a competent ref. I think no, he's a I really, he's, really he's competent. The and and look, the great thing about him is I can say that um, he's he is completely unbiased in the way he does things. And so while I've been pissed off with him a couple of times, I know he's at least competent. I don't like Jerry Sutton at all, but I know he's a competent ref. That's the other thing about it. It's the ones that you know are incompetent where you look at it and you say, "Oh, fuck." Henry Perinara, incompetent. Well, Brett Suttle was always the one. It was like I, I had no idea where he was getting the stuff from in the fir- first instance, but. Um, yeah, no, Henry Perinara being there is not good. And who and I think Jared Maxwell being there instead of um, Bernie Sutton now is, is definitely a step forward. Um, and hopefully the refereeing will agree, it will improve from that point on. But, you know, it's it's still got a long way to go um, before we can be happy. But we can't, we can't... 
when we go back to the days where we're reliant on decisions for winning matches is when you know when you're descending back into the dark days because you should you should be able to get bad decisions against your side and still win in spite but that's, of them. I mean, that's the criticism of Ricky, especially in the most recent press conference, mm. is he deflects it all on, the, on the, the officiating and the refereeing. Once again, the glaring thing that came out of that match for me was the terrible use of the interchange bench. And safe to say, I wasn't the only one that noticed that Joe Tarpanay's wife actually commented on social media. It's been a big story. And the way the sort of the, the blokey NRL 360 Telegraph Ricky's mates media have mm. treated that story is, oh, who, what's some player's wife now stepping in? What would she know? She's got a damn good point. She agrees with me. I mean, once again, you looked at the, the South's rotation... They had five I'm middles. Disagreeing with any they had of these five things. middles. They played about forty minutes each. Yeah, I'm not and disagreeing then, and with then, any of that. I don't disagree. Once with again, any of that. we've got Emre Gula, who, I mean, he's been all right. He hasn't been great. Um, Fifty-five minutes. Ryan Sutton again. He seems to be having less impact each week. Maybe it's got something to do with the minutes he's been asked to play. Fifty-five minutes again, and then we've got Soliola. Was like six minutes or something came on at the end. Uh, look, I'm not arguing with any of that stuff. What I am what saying the hell? is, like, is... I would like to hear from the club or from the coaching staff. What is the thought behind this? Because I contrasted our use of the bench, right? Yeah, I know. With South Sydney, they have five middles. I, I hear all of these things. They have I five middles. They points... played forty minutes each. But they what played I can 20 assure minutes you, since. what I can assure you, is these messages have been well and truly heard. They have been well and truly heard. I don't understand what's been going on with that. And Ryan James, okay, I've been saying that Ryan James shouldn't be in the side. And last week he played the first twenty minutes, right? I thought he, he was actually all right. looked. Well, yeah. he had three. He only had three runs, but he made good meters on those three runs. Yeah. But then he didn't come back. If he's not capable of playing more than one stint, yeah, don't have him in the side. Have him out at Buddy Kipax. Yeah. You yeah. know, playing sixty minutes, Look, getting his match fitness because. A friend of mine went and saw Ryan James at the trial at Seaford. I didn't go. Mm. But he said he looks like someone who really is struggling with his match fitness. Yeah. And he hasn't really had enough minutes of any form of football since then Yeah. to really get any match fitness. Well, look, what I do know is, and, and you know, I've been accused of this many times, and rightly accused this many times before, that I'm Ricky's boy. And it's true. It's true. I'm, I'm completely on his side. And I'm but gonna... can you, like you said before, you're Josh's boy. Can you be also be Ricky's boy at this point? I, I think. Are you like the sort of the, the redheaded stepchild? The two parents have now fallen out, and you're just trying to. I, I don't think build that, bridges. I don't think. Um, well, certainly, if that was the circumstance, I would certainly be trying to do that and build bridges between them. I don't think a bridge needs to be built. I think Josh and Rick are, are, are know exactly what's going on with Josh and Rick, and, and are dealing with it like grown men. And um, well, you saw, you know. Well, you did, but Josh was there at the at the game when he wasn't there. He was with the players. He was with Ricky. He was. He with... wasn't at Kipax. No, he wasn't at Kipax. But Jared Croker wasn't at Kipax either. No, and I thought that was telling, because we saw all the players that were there, and then I was like, "Well, well but, who's not there?" But who did we not see? Because you didn't see Elliot Whitehead, but I did. No, but I heard he was there. And you didn't see Sammy Valamay, but I did. You know, so, but the issue is, Rick's our boy. And we've got to be on the back. He'll know. He'll know when he's not. He'll know when he's not the right guy. But he is listening. He is listening to you. He is watching. He's hearing what you're saying. And he's taking into consideration. At this point, though, he's, we've we've kind of got to know what the 
it'd be good to know what the plan is. Either we're just I either we're just think, ripping it all up and we're starting again. Yeah, but I don't think we need to know that. And I don't think I don't. Well, some of the stuff I've seen online with people going around and literally burning the house down, running around and smearing crap down walls because they've gone so crazy <laughs> and calling it all over and basically you know wanting to shoot everybody and you know bring back Terry Lamb at five. And some of the things have been the most ridiculous yeah, suggestions. Yeah, some of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. I want to bring back Anthony Milford. If this is how you are when we've had four, I do not, when we've had four losses in a row, you, people are trying to burn the house down. Please let people know this before you put in charge of any machinery of any significance whatsoever because you shouldn't be and you're clearly not the person for a crisis. It's four losses of football. In four weeks, we could have had four more wins and no one's talking like this. The ship's righted. The jackals from the media who, you know, Danny Widler's got to be one of my ass clans of the week for the simple fact that I've been covering the Canberra Raiders in the media for 22 years. 22 years I've been going to GAO virtually every single freaking match. Do you know how many times I've seen Danny Widler at GAO Stadium Never. or at the training grounds? Not once. No. Not once. Michael Chamis, I think I've seen him once. Yeah, but I would say... That uh, I mean, it doesn't matter whether no, what I'm I saying would, to I is say, literally would, they adjust the vultures circling above the person in the desert, crawling along the ground, waiting for them to die. I've always, I've always said that all these stories come from player managers. Oh yeah, they, and they do. Always do. And who's Josh Hodgson's manager? Well, technically not at the moment, but it's Isaac Moses. Yeah, technically, who's you know the most despicable of the lot. Well, so you say. You don't know him all personally, do you? But the, but this is the point. We we have to hang tough at this stage. You know we're going so through Danny the five Wilders, stages these, of grief. All these stories come from the player managers. So I've always said all along. I don't disagree. But we're going through the five stages of grief: denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Now we're at acceptance, and the acceptance is Ricky is at the helm of our team. It is what it is. We need to get wins on on the board. One of the worst things we can do is add fodder to that press by adding hysteria in the background to it. What we need to do is actually stand back from it and not add to that fire, yeah. not give it any oxygen, because it will play it out the way it does. And you will find with a couple of wins under our belt, things will start looking better. At this moment, if we start adding to it, and, and they're looking at us, make no mistake they're looking at us, they'll take your Twitter stuff and they'll put it on the back of a, of a story to justify their position on it. If we add to it, we can only make things worse. We can't make anything better from it. There's no suggestion that we can make right now that's going to fix any problem that we have, but it can add fuel to the fire. In two weeks, if we come back and we've beaten the Knights and we've beaten Canterbury-Bankstown, both are matches I think we can win. Go on, I'd like to think we can but, beat canterbury No, but we'd like to think we'd do lots of things. Let's look at the matches in front of us and win those ones. Give the opponents the credit they deserve as first-grade NRL teams. Not take it for granted and blow those ones too. Go and win those two matches. Come back home, hopefully with a full-strength side, and have a real go at Melbourne Storm. At if, that stage, if we'd won those two, and by some miracle, roll over Melbourne Storm, do you really think the vultures are circling? I, I tell you what, if we lose to the Knights, and then we back that up with a loss to the Bulldogs, things are going to get real ugly. Yeah, and we'll leave that to when it goes. But we right need, now need to say that when Ricky came, it was all in complete disrepair. I think we can agree on that. There oh, were yeah. very few bright sparks. And anything it's, that's you know good that's happened has come off the back of Ricky Stewart. My point is, it's it's sad to see the house that Ricky's built, mm. this beautiful house, yeah. starting to crumble. Yeah, and, 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 and the thing is... And crumble at a rapid rate. But and I can, hope that he knows how to rebuild it. I'm sure that he does. And the thing is, if players are getting to the point where they're dealing with being dropped 
poorly and how they're being managed on the bench poorly to the point that they feel or their wives feel that they should come out and do things is that adding to the problem you know like anybody who stands back have you heard josh hodgson come out and complain at all about what's going on have you seen his wife come out in social media the first thing we've seen is the broncos come forward and say that they're interested that's nothing to do with josh hodgson well they're not interested now apparently well and we've also seen um him step down as as co-captain which i'm really sad about that's sad that's really sad thing but have you seen anything come out or heard anything from anyone about him whinging about it because it all goes via his manager, Isaac Moses. No, but he has sucked that up. No, but we've heard things from other people, haven't we? But we haven't heard it from Josh. I just want to talk to a little bit more it. about the, the crumbling house. Have I just you want to talk heard a little bit from Jared Croker? I just want to talk a little bit more about the crumbling house and the rebuilding. This may be a rebuilding year, right? And it may be a sad fact that players, the wrong side of 30, are going to have a very limited shelf life in, in the NRL as we know it. I mean, it's all about the 18, mm. 19, 20-year-old yeah. superstars currently. The example cited is is Cameron Smith played to his 37. Mm. I don't think he would have if it was like this. He played to his 37, you know, the previous five or six years doing his best to slow down the game as much as possible mm. to play to his tempo that mm. suited him. Uh, I don't think there's a future for players over 30 currently. Well, that's if this and restart I think, rule continues. Yeah, and I think that maybe we do need to move on from Josh Hodgson. We no, do need to move on from Jared Croker. And if George Williams goes, so be it. But I don't want us to tear the whole house down in the process because any rebuild, well, second what phase... Just, what you've just said is basically, oh, no, we're, we're just pulling out the supporting walls of the house and then driving a bulldozer no, no, through the middle of it. What the fuck are you talking about? Any rebuild for the future, in my mind, involves Josh Papalihi and Jay Tarpani. And if they are casualties of this as well, I'll be really sad. I can accept all the others, but that's what I'm trying to say. Mm. I don't. Uh, hopefully it all well, doesn't look, turn to I'm, shit. I'm going to post my colours further. People are saying it's all over. I think, a la the... Um, North Queensland Cowboys 2017, the form can be regathered, the spirit can be regathered, and we can go on a run, and we can actually take the bloody title this yeah, year. Yeah, and where do they go from there? I don't think it's lost. I don't think this is over. People are writing it off. I don't think it's over, and I think this team can actually dig deep, find something, get together, and through this actually rise from that adversity and come out with a renewed determination that actually shows just what a good well, squad we'll know. is. We'll, we'll, we'll learn what's going on behind the scenes we'll learn where the spirit is where the fight is I'm not writing off this season at all I still think we're a red hot chance but we've got to well, start getting to be, those the wins. reason to be cheerful is that half the teams are on six points more yeah. than half the teams yeah I mean you could be you could be on six points the same points as us and be and with the eight players are going down if you lose a couple of valuable players sides can drop out of contention very quickly we haven't had touch bloody wood we haven't had an ACL yet we haven't had a season ended to anyone yet. We've had a few minor scraps and a few close losses. The worst thing that's happened to us is we lost um, CNK, and that's yeah. been telling. We get CNK back at the back. We get Josh Hodgson back at hooker. We get our side back on the deck firing. We can beat bloody anyone, and the instant we're in front of them, we can scare other sides too. And if they start losing, like somehow the Roosters keep winning in spite of the dreadful toll they've got on top of them. But, you know, you haven't taken Cam Munster out of Melbourne Storm yet, have you? 
and you haven't taken out of Penrith, you haven't taken Nathan Cleary. You do that to either of those two sides, and it's all of a sudden, they're not what they are. Yeah, it's so the thing is, stay on your feet, bulk up the wins, get the side back on the field, and for God's sake, stick together. Because even if you split up to the four wins at the end of this season, this season's still there, and it's still freaking Camelot. We still, for one brief shining moment, and we have that chance to go back there again. For God's sake, don't tear the house down. Do you want a, a quick Blake Stradamus before we go? Blake Stradamus me. Josh Hodgson has played his last game in green. Absolute rubbish. Total rubbish. You're an idiot. Now, we'll see. We'll see. Talking about... Well, actually, not idiots. Beloved fans of the show, uh, we're going to take you out again this week with... Uh, Dennis Carnahan with a, a lovely Rugby League the Musical song. So I hope you enjoy that. And thank you for listening to us mindlessly ranting for however long it is. It's very um, long. Um, we do somehow still enjoy this. Um, and, uh, yeah, you've been listening to Ray's Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll talk to you again soon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the number seven, Mumbo. One, two, three, four, five. Adam Reynolds might have to move to the Shire. He's the best kick around the corner. He might have to leave the Rabbitohs, but he really don't wanna. Chad Townsend just last week signed with the Cowboys and he wasn't cheap. Now where does that leave? Drinkwater, Moylan, Johnson, all off contract and they might be moving on some. The Bronx lost, didn't end. Milford is off contract and coming up short. He's been to Kevin Wallace dumped him That's the sound of the trumpet Little Adam Reynolds to the Shire Neither Johnson nor Moylan wanna retire The Sharks let Townsend go to the cows Alongside Dayton who might leave now But what's drink water gonna do? The cows have three huffs, they only need two With Billford off contract at the Bronx Maybe they should look at getting Cooper Crom Number seven mumble when one seven jumps, they all move around. That's the halfback merry-go-round. If Reynolds is gone, Souths might find they need to get old Benji Marshall re-signed. Meanwhile, at the Bronx, we didn't gone. They're sniffing round Moses and Sean Johnson. Little Adam Reynolds to the Shire, so maybe Benji won't retire. If Mitchell Moses goes to Brisbane, poor Brody Croft gets dumped again. The cows Jake Clifford's gone to the Knights, Jackson Hastings to the Tigers. Meanwhile, Moses is shopping around. That's the number seven merry-go-round. Number seven number.